The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. On a recent Wednesday night, we were greatly blessed to have Elder Lonnie Mazingo Jr. visit us here at Zion Church. He preached a powerful message about the great expectations set forth in the scripture for children of God. Today, we post the first half of this message, and tomorrow we'll follow it up with the conclusion of great expectations of the Bible. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
It is a wonderful joy to be back with you here at Zion Church once again. I always look forward with great anticipation to every opportunity I have to visit with you. I'd like to draw your attention this evening to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 10. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The situation here is that the children of Israel are in Babylonian captivity. They are there because of their extreme, vile, and wicked sins against God. The history of Israel, of course, was that the Lord delivered them out of Egyptian bondage through the wilderness into the promised land. God blessed them with every advantage that human beings could have. He gave them the true worship of God. And he gave them the law, which is an expression of his morality and what he expected of his people in appreciation and love for having delivered them from Egyptian bondage. And for a time, the children of Israel were faithful to God in the service. They transitioned from the tabernacle to the temple. You remember that under Solomon, the temple was built. There was a willingness of the people to bring their gold and silver and their precious um, material to build the temple and to uh, furnish the temple with everything that was needed and the temple of God at Jerusalem became the place of true worship and it was magnificent to behold especially on the inside where that the gold and silver the broidered work the inscriptions on the walls and then of course, the sanctum sanctorum, or the innermost part of the temple where the, the mercy seat was found, where that God came down and his glory was displayed so powerfully that the children of Israel could not uh, bear the very presence of the holiness and glory of God. And yet, the scriptures tell us that they then began to depart from what God had taught them and, the, and rather than appreciating the advantages that they had, they began to go after other gods. They became worshipers of idols and their worship of these idols was the worship that they had adopted from the nations that they were surrounded by that God had told them not 
to marry and intermarry with these nations because he said they will draw you away after their gods. And that's exactly what the Israelites did. And they became so vile and wicked in their idolatry that they began to sacrifice their children in the fire to Moloch. And they worshiped in the groves. And the adultery and fornication that took place in that worship was so vile that I could not speak from the pulpit about it. As the scripture says, it is a shame to speak of those things that were done of them in secret. And so I would not, as a minister of the gospel, in the presence of women and children, begin to even to describe how vile it was. But suffice it to say that it became so offensive to God. And stop and think about that for a minute. This wasn't some foreign group of people that didn't know God. This was a people that God had delivered from Egyptian bondage through the wilderness, fed with the manna, drank water from the rock. God blessed them to enter the land of promise, to possess the land, a land flowing with milk and honey. They had the temple. They had the true worship of God. They had the laws of God. They had everything, that, every advantage that you could possibly have as a people, and yet here they were sacrificing their children in the fire to a false god. You see, the false gods, the false prophets would tell the people that these false gods would bless them if they would give up something precious. And of course, the most precious thing they had was their children. And the vile sins that they committed in the groves, as we said, cannot be spoken publicly without causing great shame. And God became so uh, angry and so offended by this, he then brought judgment upon them. And he would cause their enemies to come against them and to overrun them and to carry uh, some of them captive and uh, to enslave some of them. And they were in tribute to some of these nations at times. And then they would begin to suffer so that they would cry out to God for mercy. And God would hear their cry and he would send them a deliverer. And God would bless them and deliver them and they would repent and they would go back to serving God. You know, there were several reformations that the children of Israel went through, like under Hezekiah, you know, or Josiah. There were kings that led them in reformations and there was this cycle of them being blessed of God, them de being faithful to God, then departing from God and being judged by God and being afflicted by their enemies and then crying out to God for mercy and God hearing their cry and delivering them and returning them back to the true worship and blessing them again and them being faithful again and then them departing from God and God bringing judgment upon them and their enemies come against them and they were afflicted and they would cry out to God for mercy and he would hear their cry and he would send deliverers and they would deliver them from their enemies and then they would be restored to the true worship of God and they'd be faithful to God and then they'd depart from God. Does that sound like anybody you know? 
Maybe somebody you looked at when you saw, looked in the mirror this morning. You see, God's people haven't changed a bit, have they? And this cycle of God blessing them and then departing from God and then God bringing judgment upon them and then repenting and then God blessing them again, that cycle then would culminate in them becoming so engrossed in idolatry that God said, I've had it, enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deliver you this time. This time I'm gonna stir up a nation against you whose language you don't understand and they're gonna come and they're gonna, not only they're gonna destroy uh, this city, they're gonna destroy the temple. They're gonna destroy everything there's not going to be anything left behind, and they're going to carry your children away into captivity, and they're going to leave just the old folks behind. And Jeremiah warned them and warned them that God's judgment was coming, and there were false prophets that would come on and say, don't listen to Jeremiah. He's kind of a grump, you know. He just, don't listen to him. God's going to bless you. It doesn't matter. Don't just forget about that Ten Commandment stuff. You know, don't worry about the fact that you're that you're committing adultery in the groves and that fornication and you're and you're sacrificing your children. God's gonna bless you because God's a God of love. He loves you, and God wouldn't do anything but bless you. You know how He's blessed you in the past, and He's gonna keep blessing you. You ever seen people that look like that they're living for the devil, but they got a cross around their neck? And, and you think, well, this doesn't add up. Here's a person that's living like the devil, and yet they got a cross around their neck confessing that they're a Christian. What, what, what's going on here? Well, what's the thought? The thought is, is that it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter what I do with my life. It doesn't matter how much I dishonor God. He's just going to keep blessing me because I got this cross around my neck, and I call myself a Christian. You remember the Lord said, there were those that said, we'll eat our own bread, wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our brother. In other words, we'll live the way we want to. We'll act the way we want to. We just want your name to take away our reproach. And the Lord said, I'm done. I'm not going to put up with that anymore. And he brought the Babylonians against them. And they overran Israel. And they destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple. And they took all the furniture and all the beautiful uh, utensils and all the, 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 the wonderful treasures of the temple. They took that away to Babylon and they carried the young people. They left the old folks behind, you know, to, make, to run the bats and buzzards off and pay taxes and tend the broken down vineyards that were left behind. But they took the young people. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were some of the young people carried away into Babylonian captivity. And in the midst of that captivity, God blessed Jeremiah to write to them a letter and to tell them that you need to go ahead and build a house. You need to go ahead and establish a life. Here they were enslaved to a people in Babylon. Now Babylon in the Old Testament times was the source of confusion and vile rebellion against God. Every sick 
ungodly, wicked thing you could think of, it had its origin in Babylon. All the other nations were just imitating Babylon. Babylon was the source. You remember over in Revelation, you're, you're warned against mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. In other words, the source of abomination is mystery Babylon. And even though you're not living in natural Babylon in the, in, in the, far, in the east today, and even though you're not living in that city Babylon that uh, so afflicted the people of God in Jerusalem in the Old Testament times, I'm telling you tonight that you have to be blind not to understand that you're living in mystery Babylon today. You may have grew up in Mayberry, but you're not in Mayberry anymore. You're now living in a culture that there is not a, there's not a vile sin that is not celebrated and embraced, and in many parts of the country, it is codified as legal. And not only are people sacrificing their children in the abortion clinics of this country, but there are people who are committing the most vile, wicked acts of fornication and adultery, and all the things that God's word says is wrong. You say, well, we're not in the Old Testament times, we're in the New Testament age. Listen, my friends, God's morality has never changed. It didn't change with the coming of the New Testament age. The difference is, is that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law to a jot and to a tittle. But God hasn't changed his morality. That which offended God in the Old Testament times offends him just as much today. And I tell you, child of God, you may not, you say, well, I didn't live in, I didn't live in Jerusalem. I didn't, I wouldn't care to wait to Babylon. I don't have to worry. No, you're living in mystery Babylon. And your, our children have been carried away into mystery Babylon. They may, not, they may still physically be in the community, but they've been carried away by uh, the Internet and carried away by the influence of uh, wicked teachers who uh, tell them that there is no difference between men and women, that uh, a man can have a baby and that uh, a woman can identify as a man and, that, uh, and the vilest sins are being committed and disease and pestilence is being spread to children and animals all in the culture in which you live today. So, so if you think that you might be living in Mayberry, I'm telling you, wake up, you're in Babylon. God said to these, chil these children of Israel in Babylon, see, ch the children of Israel were in Babylon. They deserved to be there. And they knew it. They couldn't say, why are we here? Now, they had false prophets to tell them, don't pay attention to Jeremiah's warnings. Don't pay attention to the warnings of the prophets. Everything's going to be all right. But whenever they were carried away into Babylon, then they had false prophets rise up in Babylon and say, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to get out of here. Everything's going to be turned around. It's going to be fine. And God told Jeremiah, you tell the children of Israel, it's not going to get better. For 70 years, you're going to be there. Build a house, establish a life, and pray for the peace of that nation because whatever happens to that nation is going to happen to you. And you're going to be there 70 years. The false prophet said, no, we'll, we'll get out of here pretty soon. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to get along with the Babylonians. We're going to live like them and absorb into their culture. And we're just going to make, we're going to make peace with the Babylonians. And those false prophets taught the children of Israel in Babylon that if they acted like the Babylonians, the Babylonians would like them. And I want you to know that the Babylonians hated the Israelites and they hate them just as bad today. 
The spiritual Israel of God, the elect family of God is just as despised today as it was in the days of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said to, told the children of Israel that God, this is what God says. There are prophets among you that are telling you peace, peace when there is no peace. There are prophets among you that are telling you everything's going to be fine. And that's not a message. He said, they have prophesied to you, but I did not send them. And you know, there are men who will claim to be men of God who will stand up in the pulpits of, uh, of our society and say, everything's going to be fine. God wants you to prosper. The prosperity gospel is being preached to the wicked every day. Doesn't matter how you live. Doesn't matter what you do with your life. Doesn't matter how much you blaspheme God. You, you know, I, I, have you ever counted the number of times you hear somebody say, oh my God. And they're not calling upon the Lord. They're using his name in vain. You ever notice how that's just a casual thing with people today? People, it's so used to speaking blasphemy that they don't even realize they're doing it anymore. I'm telling you, children of God, I don't have to explain to intelligent people, you're in mystery Babylon today in a culture like that. And the Lord said to the children of Israel, he said, these prophets have prophesied peace, peace, and when there is no peace, he said, I, he said they prophesied to you, but I didn't send them. And there are false prophets that will tell you today that there's nothing but prosperity ahead. And there are politicians that will tell you that prosperity is around the corner. And there are people that will tell you what you want to hear. Peace, peace, but there is no peace. There's peace and there's trouble in the soul of every child of God who wakes up and is offended by the vile wickedness that they see around them. And most of all, they are so condemned in the vile wickedness they see in their own life. And yes, my friends... The Lord said to the children of Israel, he said, those prophets say it's all right, but I didn't send them. Jeremiah's the man I sent. And you know, Jeremiah told them, you're going to be there 70 years, build houses and pray for the peace of that country because whatever happens to that country, it's going to happen to you. Pray for the peace of that country. And God's people who are salt and light in any culture that they're in should pray for the peace of that country that they're in because whatever happens to that country happens to them. <clears throat> they should be salt and light. But this is what the Lord said to them. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. You see, judgment came upon the children of Israel. They were in Babylonian captivity. They deserved to be there. You ever been in trouble and you deserve to be there? You ever been in, in a, just in a complete, total devastation in your life and you knew, I brought this on myself? See, the children of Israel had brought them on, that on themselves. In spite of all the advantages that they had, they had gone, this is a biblical word, whoring after other gods, and God being jealous of his bride would not tolerate it, and so judgment came. And they were in Babylon, and they deserved to be there. And they knew they, they deserved to be there. And Jeremiah said, you're going to be there, and you're going to be there 70 years. See, one of the things they had done was they had violated the Sabbath uh, years. They had plowed during the seventh year their land instead of letting it lay fallow. And that was cutting off the nose to spite their face because the bugs increased against them. And the land became poor of the nitrogen that comes from rain and leaving the land fallow. And they were just cutting their nose off to spite their face. But they, they were too greedy to let their land lay fallow for the seventh year. And the Lord said, you're going to be in Babylon for every year, every Sabbath that you have violated of mine for 70 years. Now, I don't know about you, that if, but if I was in Babylon and I got that message from Jeremiah, I'd be depressed. 
But you know the wonderful thing about the Lord is? Whenever he brings judgment, it's always tempered by his mercy. Because he's a God of grace. And so God says to these children of Israel who are in bondage to, a, to the Babylonians, the nation of confusion and vile idolatry, the very people that, that were their bitterest enemy, they were in bondage to them. God said to them, you're going to be there 70 years, but listen to what the Lord said. He said, for thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. I don't know about you tonight. I'm sure you're like me. <laughs> I, what I'm looking for most of all in my life is a visit from the Lord. I tell you what, you can be in Babylon and you can be in captivity and you can be enslaved to the, to the most wicked people in the world. But if you can get a visit from the Lord, everything will be all right. Aren't you looking for a visit from the Lord tonight? Aren't we praying for the Spirit of God to visit us tonight? He said, I, at the end of 70 years, I'll visit you. And he says, and perform the good word toward you my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. He said, I'm going to, at the end of that 70 years, cause you to return to this place. The place that, that he was writing from was Jerusalem. Jeremiah was saying to the children of Israel in Babylon, I'm going to, at the end of 70 years, I'm going to visit you. God's going to visit you and cause you to return to this place. And you know that's exactly what happened under Ezra, Ezra Nehemiah, uh, Zerubbabel, <laughs> They returned from Babylon after the end of 70 years and they rebuilt the walls of the city and they rebuilt the city and most of all they rebuilt the temple and they rebuilt the service of God and they began to worship God as they ought to and as the true as the people chosen people of God worshiping God in, in truth and in spirit God restored them to that city at the end of 70 years but I want you to catch something here He says that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You ever looked at somebody and said, I just don't know what to think about you? God doesn't say that. He knows exactly what to think about you. And God said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Now that word evil there doesn't mean wickedness. It means calamity. It means judgment. God says, my thoughts for you are of peace and not of evil. God does not enjoy bringing judgment on his people. God Almighty does not enjoy bringing chastisement upon his children. God Almighty said in the book of Ezekiel, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is not getting pleasure out of bringing judgment upon the wicked. God says, my thoughts toward you are not evil. That's not what I want for you. He said, my thoughts toward you are peace. To give you an expected end. Did you catch the word that's most important in that verse? End. He didn't say, that 70 years in Babylon, you live like the Babylonians, and I'm just going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. You know what? There were people in that Babylonian captivity that were faithful to God. In the midst of that Babylonian captivity, Daniel was faithful to God in that Babylonian captivity. And he slept in a den full of hungry lions and had a good night's sleep. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faithful to God. And they were thrown in a fiery furnace. And in, in that fiery furnace was the Son of God and the Son of Man. And he walked with them in that fiery furnace. And they were faithful to 
God even though they were called upon to turn their back on the true worship of God. And I tell you, child of God, God Almighty will bless the faithful in that mystery Babylon. His children that are faithful to him, he is going to bless them in mystery Babylon. He's going to take care of them. You know, Esther grew up in the captivity. She had never even been to Jerusalem. But look how God used Esther to deliver the whole nation of Israel. My friend, just because you live in mystery Babylon doesn't mean like you've got to act like it. You can be faithful to God even in the midst of mystery Babylon. I love Wednesday night congregations. I have great respect for them. I have extreme respect for Wednesday night congregations. Because I know that there's a million and one things you could be doing tonight. And I know there are people that want to be here that can't be here because of time and distance or maybe physical infirmity. But you understand that I know that you're here tonight because you wanted to hear the word of God. You know, you're not here on Easter Sunday morning because your grandma would get mad at you if you didn't. You're here because you want to hear the word of God. I have great respect for you. And I'm telling you that God's word towards you is you be faithful to me and I'll care, take care of you. I believe I'm talking to the faithful in Mystery Babylon tonight. God said this. He said, my thoughts toward you are of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. <laughs> Many years ago, there was a, a, a man... A great novelist that wrote a book called Great Expectations. It's about the conditions of England years ago, and especially the uh, life of a young man named Pip. And Pip had great expectations. Some were realized, some were not. I'm not here to talk to you about the expectations of Pip. I want to talk to you about the great expectations of the Bible. I want to talk to you about the great expectations of a Christian. I know there's a book called Great Expectations, but I'm still going to title this sermon Great Expectations of the Bible. <clears throat> and God Almighty tells us that there are great expectations for God's people in his word. He said to those children of Israel, you've got something you could expect. You know what expectation is? It's hope. God was giving these people who were enslaved in Babylon hope. But what was he giving them hope for? Hope for the future. He was telling them that there was an expected, the key word of this verse is what? End. He wasn't telling you that the 40th year, the 45th year, the 65th year, I'm just going to bless you, bless you, bless you. He said the, 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 the expectation is for the end. At the end of 70 years, after 70 years are accomplished, then I'll come and visit you and I'll cause you to return to this place. And I'm here today to tell you tonight, child of God, that God's people have a great expectation to look forward to at the end. But I want to get ahead of myself. Do you know that Jesus Christ has great expectations? You, do you know that? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You know why he sat down? Because he was finished. From henceforth, that means from that point forward, from henceforth expecting. What's Jesus expecting? You see, what he's saying is that whenever Jesus died on the cross and was buried and rose the third day, after 40 days, he went back. Showing himself alive after his passion, he went back to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of his Father in heaven, expecting. What is Jesus Christ's expectation tonight? Expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. That's what Jesus is expecting. And I'm happy to tell you tonight, 
I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that according to God's word, that even though that there are men and, and women that will get up and bombastically declare there is no God, you're here by accident. There is no morality, but whatever morality the government tells you it is that day, whatever the culture will bear, I'm here today to tell you there's a God in heaven and his son, Jesus Christ, the Lord, is sitting at his right hand and he's expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And I'm happy to tell you there's coming a day when every last single enemy of Jesus Christ will be made his footstool. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.